Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. I don't know if you're like me, but I need a lot of grace at this time of year to keep from taking my shoe off and throwing it at the TV set. From um, before Thanksgiving, seems like every ad or every other ad is, is on Medicare supplements. Part C, Part D. If I see Joe Namath one more time, I just want to take my shoe off and throw it at the TV set. And, and then, in the last couple of weeks, it's, uh, it seems like every one of those commercials is six or seven minutes long, or is it me? And, and then the last couple of weeks, it's been um, the Shriners, St. Jude's, ASPCA, a couple of other, great organizations, I'm sure all of them. In fact, I know uh, St. Jude's is. Um, but it's like they're on every commercial break. And, and each commercial seems like it's about eight or 10 minutes long. And uh, I just need some grace to take a deep breath, take a bathroom break or go get something to drink, come back and still on. But uh, I just need some grace to deal with all that, I guess. My wife will tell you, I, I'm a commercial flipper since it's commercials. I, I want to flip to something else where there's no commercial. Watch a couple minutes of that, flip back to what I was watching, especially if it's a ball game. And I'm a, I try to avoid commercials as much as I can. You can't altogether, but I try. So thank you, Lord, for the grace not to mess up my TV or a pair of shoes. Turn with me to John chapter 1. We've talked about uh, these gifts that are ours from Bethlehem to us, from the birth of Jesus to us during this season at Christmas time. We've talked about the gift of the face of God, how he gives us a glimpse into who he is and where he is at work. We talked about the gift of hope, the gift of humility, and last week, the gift of worship. And this is a little... John chapter 1 is not a narrative about Jesus' birth necessarily, but it is a narrative about him. And it's more a, a, a narrative about his entrance into the world and a, a spiritual resume, I guess, or, or an eternal resume on his part of, this is who he is, this is what he came to do. So pay attention to, as you read that and know that about him. So let's look at verses 10 to 14 and then verses 16 and 17 of John chapter 1. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to, to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And 16 says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, four things I want us to see today about this gift of grace. And it is this. The first is, is that grace is about belonging. It's about belonging. Look at 12 and 13 again. Yet to all who did receive him, 
For those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, gave the right to become children of God. It's, it's the grace of God that offers sonship and daughtership to us. It brings us into a family we don't deserve to be in. Um, I feel like that sometimes myself. We, I'm part of a matriarchal heritage, and I say that for this reason, that the spiritual heritage in my family came from my mother's side. My father was a believer and, and was of a family of believers as well, but the deep spiritual roots that have been sown in me have, have been sown from my mother's side of the family and from her mom as well, my grandmother. Uh, had, had a deep love for Scripture, a deep hunger for, to, to know the Lord uh, better and walk with Him more personally each day. And, and that that hunger went through the generation of, of my mom, her seven sisters and her brother, and then handed down to us. And that my family has shifted from a matriarchal uh, spiritual leadership to patriarchal spiritual leadership, and here's why. I'm one of 12 grandsons <clears throat> that my grandmother had, uh, several of whom, six or seven, are involved in ministry today, either in the pastorate or in some other capacity. And that is due in large part to a matriarchal spiritual heritage that my grandmother started and handed down to us of, get your nose in this book. If you want to understand what the, what the Lord is saying to you, get your nose in this book. If you understand, understand what's going on around our world, get your nose in this book. If you want to understand some things about marriage, about money, get your nose in this book. And, and she would always push us back to the scripture to, to find the things that we were searching for and to understand the things that didn't make sense. Well, that's why I say I'm a part of a family that I don't deserve to be in, and you are, and all of us are that know, know Christ. It is by grace that we've been grafted into the, to that family. People are a part of a church, a part of a team, a part of a, a place of work, business, oftentimes because they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And it is, it is that reason as well because they want to belong. Uh -huh. The vehicle, I think, that he's trying to point to, to, to get to, to the uh, being a part of the family, this, this, this heritage that's ours as children of God, the vehicle that he uses for us is grace to bring us there. Uh, you're not here because you deserve to be here. In fact, you're who you are, where you are, when you are, because of the grace of God. So acknowledge that and understand it is God's grace that, that gives us an opportunity and a right. In fact, Apart from that, we have no rights, no opportunities. Because of the grace of Jesus, we have a right to belong. Secondly, grace is not only about belonging, but secondly, grace is about dwelling. Look at the first part of verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Became flesh and made His dwelling among us. You know what dwelling does? And this is dwelling the verb, not dwelling the noun, not like a house or a structure that you walk into, but dwelling in the sense that you are present. Dwelling, what dwelling does is it stays. Dwelling stays. It doesn't get up and leave when things get hard. It doesn't have something else better to do. Dwelling stays. He, he became uh, flesh to dwell with us. Um, it stays in the middle of hurt. It stays in the middle of disappointment. It stays in the middle of cancer. It stays in the middle of addiction. It stays in the middle of depression. It stays in the middle of divorce. In the middle of loss. Dwelling stays. Why is that true? 
Because grace helps us see that the power of God isn't always in the hand of God, but rather in the presence of God. Don't miss that. Power of God, we, we, we anticipate it being in the hand of God so that we can see it around us and see it working. And it does. But there's greater power in the presence of God, oftentimes in the hand of God. <coughs> this concept of, of Emmanuel that we often celebrate at Christmas time, this idea of God with us, being with us, is a God that is also ahead of us and behind us and above us and beneath us. And at the core of Christmas is Emmanuel because at the core of Emmanuel is this concept of grace. God is not with us apart from grace. He is not among us apart from grace, his, his grace. He is not above and beneath us or around us or at work. He doesn't dwell with us apart from his grace. It is about dwelling. Thirdly, grace is not only about belonging and dwelling, with, but grace is about revealing. It's about revealing. Look at the last part of verse 14. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Grace is the perfect counterbalance to truth, he's saying here. And it's the vehicle God uses to reveal truth. We often think that truth is to be told, and it is. But truth revealed, experienced on our own, we, we, we somewhat discover on our own, is far more powerful and impactful than truth told oftentimes. When we see it and, and recognize it and digest it on, on our own, as opposed to having to, to be told what the truth is. Why is that the case? Because of God's grace. He reveals truth to us because of his grace. Truth says that apart from relationship with Christ, we're all dying and going to hell, right? Grace says, but you don't have to. That, that, that doesn't have to be you. There's, there's, a, there's another way. So, that's the beauty of grace. Uh, it also says, oh, and, and that back then, I poured grace on that too. And back that you thought that, that, that deed, that thought, that, that rebellion that was, you thought was unforgiven, that, that the enemy's just banging your head into the ground about consistently, I've forgiven that too. Poor grace on that too. Uh, it, it isn't a one-time situation. Grace is, as we'll see in just a second, is, is ever-present. Uh, so how does God intend for the world to see the truth? By pouring grace all over it. By pouring grace all over it. It's kind of like Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies snap, crackle, and pop because as the milk hits them, the kernels start to expand. And as grace is poured over truth, truth starts to expand. We start to see it more, more clearly, more, more, it becomes more relevant to us. Why? Because grace has, be, has become the vehicle that we see it by instead of judgment. Grace has become the vehicle that we notice it by and recognize it instead of, instead of a sense of legalism or uh, uh, doing so out of obligation. Uh, and when grace is poured over truth, truth expands and becomes more seen, more noticed, more recognized, and hopefully more heated. Fourthly, grace is about belonging, it's about dwelling, it's about revealing. Finally, grace is about abundance. It's about abundance. Look at verse 16. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Uh, the New American, American Standard translates that grace upon grace upon dot, 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 dot. In essence, grace never, never, never runs out. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. The absolute greatest thing about grace is that it never runs out. You can never exhaust it. 
It's kind of like Christmas fruitcake or Christmas ugly sweaters that you thought you gave away to Goodwill. And look down in the bottom of the chest, there's another one down there. Uh, it's, it, it's a lot like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it always keeps coming. The enemy says, God's going to get you for that. He's, he's faithful to remind us of that. Grace says, God has already forgiven you for that. Oh, and what's going to happen next week? God's forgiven you for that too. And the week after that, God's forgiven you for that too. Already forgiven you for that too. That's what grace says. That's what it does because it's, it is, uh, it is a, a never-ending supply and, and it's continually poured out and into our lives and into our, into our situations that God wants us to see his hand and see his, his uh, design at work. And grace is the vehicle to help us see that. Well, every person in the Christmas story is not there because they deserve to be, but they're there rather by the grace of God. Whether it's uh, Elizabeth that we, we looked at Mary's visit and John the Baptist leaps in her womb and worships. Or Hezekiah or Simeon or the shepherds or the wise guys. Every person in the Christmas story is not there by accident. They're there by design and they're there by the grace of God. He placed them there to be a vehicle and a communicator of his grace to us. And if you're here today and you wonder if God has a plan for you, if he has a place for you, just look at the manger. There's a place for everybody at the manger, rich and poor, rich and poor visited. Uh, there, there's a place for you and a place for, for myself there. It's a, whether we come in humility or whether we come in humiliation, there's a place for us at the manger for each of us. Uh, Take this away today if you miss everything else. The greatest picture of grace is the cross. And the greatest picture of the cross is what we experienced last night together in the Lord's table. It, it's, it's the most uh, God-like thing sometimes that we can do is to see that God's grace is always sufficient, always abundant, always present, always relevant, always needed and it's poured over and over and over again all over the sin in our life I don't know about you but I'm grateful for that I'm really grateful for that grace is, is amazing stuff it's just amazing stuff let's pray Father help us to, as Christ followers to get beyond the mundane to get beyond the throwaway uses for grace, like mine, wanting to throw a shoe at a television set, to get to what grace is really always and has always been about. And that's the embodiment of who Jesus is, full of grace, full of truth, all of both. But it's your grace that helps us see the truth. It's your grace that helps us recognize it, helps to reveal it to us, so that we can discover it and not just have to be told about it. Would you help us today see that um, our hearts are often cold and dark and black apart from grace? Our hearts are like mine, self-centered, consumed with myself apart from grace. And so as we learn today about your goodness and your grace, and we see it poured all over this Christmas story in the, in the stories around it, uh, about worship and about healing and about humility and seeing your face, seeing you face to face. And we see that all that's possible because of grace. 
I'm glad some man somewhere didn't think of that. I'm glad grace is God's stuff. And that such needs to be our stuff as well. Help us to pour that into the experiences we have as we celebrate your birth today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever. That we, we saturate it as best we can with grace. Because that's exactly who you are. And that's exactly the lens through which you want us to see this world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.